0: Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor & Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed.
1: Bill, how are you today?
0: Oh, I'm just fine. I have a foundation question I'd like to ask you. I've had foundation work done on my house before. But I have a tree, an oak tree, pretty good size. It's about two feet in diameter. It's 21 feet and nine inches from my house, and I'd like to take the tree out. I hate it. I have to get it trimmed every year or two at great expense, and I'd like to just get rid of the thing. And I want to find out if you think it might adversely affect my foundation, make make it pop up or something because of the water issue.
1: Is the tree older than the house? No. If the tree was put in when the house was built or after, you can remove it.
0: Yes, okay. I put, I grew the tree from an acorn after I lived in, lived in this house a few years, but it's just just gotten just ridiculous.
1: That acorn just got out, out of house. hand, did it? Did what? I said that acorn just got out of hand, huh?
0: Oh, it sure did. <laughs> I never thought anything would grow like that from an acorn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, if that's a situation... As long as that house wasn't mud-pumped when yeah. they leveled it, uh, yeah, you can, you can remove the tree and not have no. to worry about it. Cause, and yeah. and it, this is for everybody listening. A tree takes a tremendous amount of moisture out of the soil. The roots yeah. will go one-third to one-half further than the drip line of the tree. And so if the tree was there when a house was built, you have to leave it. Because if you remove it, the soils will swell... When you take the tree out, as the soils rehydrate, and pick the house up higher than it was built, but yeah. if the tree was put in when the house was built or later, then you can take it out, and it'll it'll, it'll keep you from having additional foundation issues. Then.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's great. And you guys did the foundation work anyway, so. Oh, good. So I think it was just piers. I don't think there was any mud mud pumping. No, I,
1: I can guarantee you we didn't mud pump it because yeah. I won't mud pump a, a, a home yeah. foundation.
0: Okay, well that's great and I can get rid of that tree without any additional expense.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: Alright, thank you very much.
1: Take care, Bill. Bye. 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 Yeah, I, I won't mud pump and I won't urethane on a residential foundation. The, it puts you right back on the active moving soil And it's just, it's going to cause you problems. The urethane, mud pumping, things like that, driveways, sidewalks, uh, commercial warehouses, things like that, do it all the time. Not a residential foundation. Ted, the League City and is it Sahar?
2: Hi, yes, Sahar.
1: Sahar, how can I help you?
2: So I'm building a house in Sugarland right now, and it's currently in the framing stage. Um, and so since all the wood is exposed, I was wondering if it's a good idea to get any kind of termite treatment done. Um, is that really prevalent in Houston or in that Sugarland area? Is it necessary?
1: Well, any place is subject to having termites, and, and I know there's a, a lot of people who are putting in drip systems and things like that for bugs and all that. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know... Realistically, the percentages of homes that get termites is actually mm-hmm. f- low. So, yeah, can you know if you want to treat it, by all means, go ahead. Uh, it's really not that expensive to get it done at this point in time. The thing to remember is, 15 years from now, whatever you treated mm-hmm. it with, more than likely is going to be gone anyways.
2: Mhm, that's true. So are there any other, besides termites, anything that I should be um, taking preventative measures for at this stage of my house-building process? No. The big thing at this
1: stage that you want to be doing is is energy efficiency stuff. I will tell you, when I uh, remodel or we build anything, I always put radiant barriers even on the exterior walls. And it makes a huge difference on the energy consumption. They're called
2: radiant barriers?
1: Yeah, radiant barriers. And a lot of people okay. think oh. they're only for attics, but if you get the, the right materials, you can put it behind the the sheetrock and stuff as well to, to stop radiant heat.
2: Mm, okay, that sounds good. I will look into that. Thank you so
1: uh, much. You bet. Take care. We're going out to West Columbia. Donna, you doing all right today? Yes, sir. I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing wonderful.
2: Okay, I have a question about my floor. I have a uh, solid wood floor in my house that was there when I bought it, and it's a dark walnut, and it shows every little speck. Is there any way that you can go in and sand that floor off and refinish it?
1: If it is a solid wood floor, absolutely. It can be sanded down, refinished, and made to look new again. Okay, well, it's pretty new, but I just hate the color. It's so dark. So, was it a glue down, nail down, or is it a floating floor? Kevin's. I don't know. It
2: was there when we bought it. Okay.
1: Yeah, it it can absolutely be refinished. Now, here's some things you may run into, though. A lot of times, those dark floors are what they call the hand scrape, You know, where it's got a lot of uh, texture to the surface. So, yeah,
2: this
1: does. Yeah, when they sand it down, they're going to sand it smooth, because they can't. The sanders aren't going to be able to follow those ridges and all that. It just plain takes them off. Uh, so when you're finished, you're going to have a smooth floor inst- instead of one that's all hand honed that way.
2: Yeah. Can they? Can they make it where it's rustic looking, more like not so smooth, rough kind of? Or no. no. No, okay, that's be. All right, well, I just think, wouldn't that be cheaper than replacing
1: the floor? Probably so, but they're probably going to be tur- pretty darn close in price. Re- oh, Refinishing okay. floors can, can be expensive, depending on uh, what they have to do. But, you know, in general, no, you're better off to refinish what you've got.
2: Okay, all right, great. Thank you so much, I appreciate it.
1: You bet, take care. And again, 713-212-5874. And I tell people all the time, make it the way you like it. You know, uh, we we worry sometimes too much about, oh, well, I don't want to spend that kind of money on, on this. If you're going to stay in the house for a long time, make it your home. Make it the way you like it. Jim, I went to Amazon to see tankless water heaters for sale for prices from about $150 to nearly $1,000. Why the huge price range? Well, that one's easy. You want junk or you want a good one? You want junk, you pay $150. You want a good one, you pay near $1,000 for one. How should I decide what? To buy my house in McKinney is about 2,000 square feet. I think my whirlpool water heater has been there since the house was built in 1995, but apparently it is still working okay. And my present one is a gas heater, so I guess a tankless heater should be gas also, right? Absolutely, stick with gas. Uh, anytime you have the option to go gas or electric, stay with gas. And if I have a tankless heater for the whole house, would there be any need for an under sink? heater in the kitchen. Thanks in advance for your help. Well what the under sink one's going to do is give you instant hot water right there. If it's got to come from the tank or tankless whatever from the regular water heater it's going to take time for the water to travel to that sink. So that's the advantage of having one under the sink and what happens is once the hot water hits the tankless under the sink it'll shut it off and just continue to flow with hot water. So yeah, and take a look at Navion. That's the tankless water heater I love. Those things really do a remarkable job. one 800 288
0: Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us.
1: Jim, welcome to Texas Home Improvement, and I apologize you had to wait so long.
3: Not a problem. Thanks uh, for taking my call. Um, I am interested in doing some spray foam, going the spray foam insulation route in my attic. I'm in an existing home, and it's a pretty good-sized home with a fairly high-pitched roof. And I've been given kind of two approaches, one of them being the full-sealed you know, seal off all the venting, make it an unvented space, take out all of the blown-in insulation and and spray foam the whole thing. And then the second approach is leave it as a vented space and just spray foam underneath the roof deck and, you know, just to get the radiant barrier benefit and leave in the blown-in insulation and leave it as a vented space. And I've been told that I can get Quite a bit of improvement just by doing that, and obviously it would be less expensive than you know coming through and doing making it totally sealed off. And wondering what your uh, recommendations would be or your experiences in that area.
1: My recommendation would be not to do it. Okay. And and here's why. Uh, I mean, the whole purpose of insulating. Is typically to save money on the energy bills. Right. So, what are they going to put the R value at?
3: Uh, let's see if he told me in his quote. He didn't. Um, yeah, I'm not looking at the at the uh, complete quote. Where right now I'm just okay. they just giving me just the. Um, you know, there are two different approaches. I've had two different right. companies come out, and and um, I'm just trying to understand the differences between the two. But I'm also interested in: is that a good way to go anyway?
1: Yeah, and, and, and in my opinion, it's not. And the main reason it's not in an attic, you typically have the space to get the R value at whatever you want using fiberglass type insulation. And so whether you go with a spray foam insulation to get to a the recommended is going to be somewhere between an R39 and an R49. So, let's just say you go with spray foam insulation to get to R49. Uh, you spend how much? What what are they, what are they, what's the price range we're looking at?
3: You know, I'm I'm getting, you know, into the in my size house, I'm getting, you know, 7 to $9,000.
1: Okay. So seven to nine thousand. Uh, let, let's just leave, keep it at the low side of seven thousand to get it up to, and we're going to just make the assumption we're going to R forty nine. You could take out all the insulation in the house and have brand new ins, regular fiberglass insulation put in, and not spend anywhere near that. And energy efficiency wise, you're at the same. You can leave what you have and just add to it, which is typically what I would recommend, for a fraction of the cost of putting in the foam. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I just don't see the benefits of putting in the foam. Now, I typically, when when I'm talking to people about building, I recommend foam in the walls Mm -hmm. because you've got limited space if you have a cathedral ceiling i would put foam in there but as far as an open attic where i've got space to put cheaper same efficiency type insulation mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not going to use the foam because i will never save any money to recoup what i put into that foam
3: yeah i guess the the two things i was looking for was energy you know cost reduction as well as being able to Turn some of my attic space into, you know, storage area where I'm not baking it in the sure. summertime. You know, so yeah. Uh, now,
1: and and that's it. That's a different story. If if you, if you want to make it where you're not, uh, you know, having a an attic that's you know, forty degrees hotter than the house. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you can do that with the foam. And in in a retrofit like you're doing, your walls are still going to keep the house breathable, so I'm not concerned with that at all. Uh, You're going to spend a a lot on the foam to do that, and you are heating and cooling more space. Because when they remove the insulation from the attic floor, Mm -hmm. the air that goes up into the attic is coming from the living space. Right. Uh, Now, does, does... and so th- what that does is, again, doesn't lower your energy bills, is like what they're always saying. But if you're doing it for the storage purpose, mm-hmm. in that situation, it may be worth it to you.
3: And and if I do it for that, um, what about the complete seal off versus just uh, spray it as a radiant it, barrier and leave it vented space?
1: The 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 radiant doing it as a radiant barrier will do. Pretty much nothing for you if you're going. If you're going to do it for the storage space, you got to mm-hmm. seal it off.
3: Do the whole thing. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's what I was looking for. Was uh, just some some wise sage advice. Yep.
1: Now, I, I, did you say age? Did you call me old? <laughs> no, I <didn't, laughs> uh,
3: I'm probably older than you are, so that, that's okay.
1: <laughs> okay. The the uh, one thing I will tell you, if you're wanting to put storage up there, mm-hmm. you may want to consider taking a look at radiant barrier itself. Okay. You know, there's a lot of different types of radiant barrier. And I use a multi-layer system that I, I lay a sheet over the pull-down staircase of my attic. Mm-hmm. I can pull my staircase and I feel no heat coming from inside, coming into the home from the attic until I move that radiant barrier aside. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really does that big a deal. And you can put a radiant barrier like that on your roof joist mm-hmm. rafters uh, and lower the temperature in that attic 15, 20 degrees easily. I do it on my metal shop buildings all the time. Okay. So that it may is. be a second option for you as well.
3: Okay. And so that would be like it would be underneath the roof deck, just like stapled on, or yep. is it yeah, like just a foil sta- radiant barrier?
1: Yeah, yeah, just staple it straight to the rafters up there.
3: Very good. Okay. Thank you.
1: Jim, good luck with that. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. You know, I said I was, I'd was i talk about metal roofs and stuff. I love metal roofs. I, I really do. And I think all the savings that David is getting is really probably from the metal roof. Because the metal roof does act as a radiant barrier and keep some of that heat from transferring into the living space. That's where the energy savings comes in. I've been sitting here trying to rack my brains what semi-gloss paint would do to help reduce energy bills. And if it really did help with the energy bills, all the walls would be painted inside a house with semi-gloss in order to help with that. So I really don't think that's doing much of anything. I will tell you, my personal home is 3,000 square feet. I have a radiant barrier in it. And uh, about a third of my house has no insulation at all. I run about a $200 electric bill. And I do not look at my thermostat as a way to save money. I set my thermostat where I'm comfortable. And if I don't feel comfortable, I change the setting and it doesn't matter if it's winter i'll make it warmer in there and if it's summer i'll make it cooler in there if if need be i just i I don't worry about that part of it uh mostly because i work all the time and you know what do you work for you work to make money to be comfortable right i set my thermostat where i'm comfortable so i would personally be looking at radiant barrier to make my house more energy efficient in fact you're going to see on our TV show that we're doing, on the project we're doing right now, not only do I like radiant barriers in the attic, we put it behind the sheetrock in, on the outside walls as well. It stops the radiant heat and can make a heck of a difference. So I think that's really where the bigger savings. Now, I will tell you, on metal roofs, you do get an insurance discount as far far as fire insurance and all that stuff. No question about it. It's great. Be prepared, though. When a hailstorm comes, just because that roof got dimpled up with a bunch of dents in it, it is still serving its purpose. It's not leaking. It's not being replaced. And so you can end up with a, a roof that's really beat up. But it's not leaking and therefore doesn't get replaced. Jean in Arlington, welcome to WBAP.
4: Well, thank you so much. It's great to talk with you. I really appreciate all the information you so freely give to everyone. Um, My question is I'm sorry, my question is particularly regarding the threshold of uh, my mother's home. Uh She's been there probably about 20 years and they had it remodeled before she purchased it. And the threshold has like a wooden inset. And I pulled that out the other day because um, I've noticed that her floor in the entry, is get, it's wooden. It, or um, uh, It's not solid wood, but it's like a really thin laminate sort. Um, and I, it's getting water under there, and it's starting to warp really bad. And I pulled up the threshold inset, and it's completely rotted out in there. The yeah. side the side frame and everything else is good. The doors are good. But I was wondering, do you recommend finding someone to replace the whole thing because it's a double-entry door set that she's got, or should we look for someone just to fix the rotted-out portion underneath?
1: No, if it's just the, uh, the door sill down at the bottom, correct? Well, I don't know if it's the seal
4: because ever, all the wood beneath it is rotted.
1: Well, yeah, but that's that's the the seal itself is is the the sill itself is probably rotted as well, and then it goes down through underneath to whatever's right. under it. Is this a block and base pier and beam home? Uh, no, I don't believe so. It's a concrete the, slab. Concrete, yeah, concrete slab. Then yes, you don't need to replace the whole door and everything. Just they they should be able to come in and just rebuild that part underneath, put a new door seal on there and everything will be fine again.
4: Even if it's a split level entry.
1: Yep. Okay, awesome.
4: I really appreciate it. Thank you so I'm much. I'm not saying it'll be simple
1: and they're going to have but you know, if even if they have to re, even if you tried to replace the door to do it, all that's got to be rebuilt anyway. So that's really nice. They go that route.